Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me today. For those of you who are new here, welcome. Welcome into this space. I'm so happy that you're able to join me today. And for those of you that are the OG Charmers, welcome back. Welcome back. You know the drill. Come on in. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in. Come on in. I hope that you have some water near you, some delicious libations to hydrate yourself. I have been slacking on the hydration department, and I must do better. (laughs) Um, I also just recently came out of a time of fasting, so I really do need to be drinking way more water and just like replenishing my system. So as I share with you to drink more water, I share that with myself. We are made up of literally some crazy percentage, if not 80%, 70%, but we're made up of like a crazy percentage of water. And half of us are not, we're just not even more than half of us are just not drinking enough water. So here's your daily reminder to get your agua. (laughs) And yeah, for those of you who Miss Charm School podcast is your first time listening, this podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy their spirituality, and their sensuality. I also like to describe Miss Charm School podcast as a place for women who are in transition, women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. I describe your womanhood as really your new season. It's really when your decisions only impact yourself. And while your decisions always impact yourself, there is a a particular moment in time where you are promoted into queendom. And I believe that queendom comes by promotion from the king of kings. And that can manifest in leadership positions in your corporate job or stepping into entrepreneurship, hiring staff. It could manifest as being a fiance or a wife or becoming a mother or a caretaker for someone you love, any type of leadership position. And when you're in your queendom, Your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact nations. And the definition of nations is simply groups of people. And so here on Miss Charm School Podcast, we get into the yummy, juicy work of being excellent queens. We want to be excellent queens in our sensuality, our senses, and being able to pick up things and read the room and shift the energy in the room. We want to be excellent queens in our spirituality and our prayer time and our quiet time and connecting to all wisdom, all truth, all glory, all power, the true king of kings, the kingdom that never, ever tarnishes or fades. We want to be excellent in connecting to the spiritual source of all that is. And we want to be excellent queens that are engaged in our feminine energy. We are comfortable in our feminine energy. We are embracing our feminine energy we love being a woman and embrace all aspects of being a woman and what that means at the core essence not femininity the actions of being feminine but feminine energy the true essence of being clothed in the divine feminine body and skin which most of you who are listening to this that is your nature and so that's what we get into here at miss charm school podcast Um, I actually was inspired to do this podcast many years ago um, because I personally go through so many life revelations, if you will, and little gems. I was going to actually call this podcast when I was first deciding to record it. I was going to call it Sunday's Gems and just talk about different like aha moments that I have. 
in life because they're always really profound to me and I end up sharing them with others and they're always like, mm, that's good. <laughs> so I wanted to have a space to talk about that and document that permanently long term to help people. You know, if it's 3 a.m. wherever you are in life, you can find this podcast and not feel alone, feel seen, feel heard, get a revelation that anchors a part of your life and changes you forever. That's the purpose of this. But I ended up titling it Miss Charm School Podcast because I am a former pageant queen, yes. <laughs> and I won a title when I was 13 years old, my first ever pageant. It was my first time doing pageants. And I grew up as a young girl in Southern California, San Diego, California, to be specific, beach town, whatever. My parents, my dad's from Ohio. My mother's from Alabama. So I grew up in this very like kind of pro-black household and I would leave my house every day and go out into the world where my best friends were Mexican, Mexican-American or Guamanian or just some type of multiracial person who, you know, their parents had multiple ex different experiences, not an all black experience. And then, of course, I had like African-American friends as well. But I just grew up in this extremely diverse culture. And as a result of that, I didn't always feel beautiful. Most of the time, I didn't feel beautiful. I felt awkward. I had a really tough time like embracing that I was beautiful. I had a tough time embracing my skin tone and my features and my face and my hair. I had a tough time with that. And some of that is simply growing up in the Western culture where the ideals and standards of beauty are not saturated with images that look like you and so I didn't get any of that language until I went off to college and was like oh that's what that is but when you're a child and you're just growing up in it growing up in it you don't feel I didn't feel um valued in that way I didn't it was all like the beautiful girls were always someone else I wasn't necessarily one of those and if I was at some age or whatever it was because of my body it wasn't, I didn't feel it was because of my actual face or looks or whatever. And so, lo and behold, my mother doesn't even really know that I was dealing with all of this, but there was one night I cried myself to sleep. Literally, I had a life-size um, rag doll, which is so funny. Oh my God, I can't even remember. I can't believe I remember this. But I had a life-size um, that was like five, 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 six, like a life-size stuffed doll. And she was a brown skin, like Raggedy Ann doll. And I loved her. And I always like loved teddy bears and stuff like that. So when I was a little girl, I used to have a Winnie the Pooh teddy bear that my parents could not rip me away from. And then <laughs> I finally graduated from that. And like preteen age, like 10, 11, 12, I had a Raggedy Ann brown skin doll. And I used to sleep with her every night. And I remember one night holding her so tight and just crying and crying and I just prayed I was like God would you make me beautiful like I want to be pretty I want to be a beautiful girl and I remember literally crying myself till I fell asleep and I had a dream that night that I will always remember and I was walking up the hill to my house I lived on a hill my ho a house on a hill and I was walking up the hill to go home and there were these neighbors having a barbecue outside and one of the men was like, hey, pretty girl. Like they were all drinking and having a barbecue. And this guy was like, hey, pretty girl. 
And the ladies that were there were like, so-and-so, leave her alone. You know, and he was like, no, she's so beautiful. And he got up and came across the street and, like, grabbed me. And it was against my will. He was, like, pulling me to their house. And the women were just laughing, telling him to leave me alone, but they didn't do anything. And he was like, you just so pretty. you just so pretty. And I woke up out of the dream because I was so scared. And I didn't really hear a voice, but I heard so clearly if I made you any more beautiful, people would not be able to keep their hands off of you. Rest, my child. And I stopped asking God to make me beautiful after that. And I always remember that dream. I had to be 10, 11, something like that. Anyway, um, lo and behold, a couple years later, my mom ends up putting me in this pageant. And it was my first pageant, and I won. And I was 13 years old. And you could not have told me I was going to win. If somebody would have told me I was going to win or told me to put a bet of whatever. Like, there was just, I never thought in a million years I could win a pageant, a beauty pageant. I just never thought it would happen for me. And the other girls in my competition were, like, the quote-unquote beautiful girls that I felt like in my city would, would be titled as like you know she's pretty and I didn't see myself as that ever and then I won <laughs> and so Lish Charm School podcast is really a continuation of the girl in me that ended up becoming a woman she embraced I embrace my life lessons that come to me and as God has promoted me into positions of queendom in my life where my decisions no longer only impact myself but impact nations, I just want to be a woman that other people rise up and call blessed. And not that I'm looking for people to call me that. It's just that I want to be different. And that's kind of getting into what I want to talk to you all ladies about today. <sighs> Hopefully that little testimony of my life blessed somebody. <laughs> And before I get into what I want to talk to you all about today, let me just wrap up this beauty pageant uh, point. There was a beauty queen a year or two ago that took her life. She jumped off of a building. Um, I believe her name is Crystal. It might have been more than a couple years ago now. And she was absolutely gorgeous. People thought that she had everything at her fingertips. She was on television, I think Entertainment Tonight, and she won Miss USA, I believe, and, you know, all these opportunities, and she's gorgeous and whatever, and one day she decided to end it all. And people were rocked by that because people felt like, oh, my gosh, she had, like, a wonderful life. Like, if somebody like that can be depressed, like, check on your strong friends because you never really know what people are going through. And what I want to say to people who look at other people and think, like, wow, she's beautiful or or even other women who look at other women who are beautiful and try to find wa ways to tear them down. Don't. Don't resist being a hater because that's what it is. Do the healing and the self-work to build up your own confidence and understand that just like there are several different flowers all over, species of flowers all over the earth, there is room for your beauty. There is room for your radiance. There is room for what makes you you. 
We all don't need to be sunflowers. We all don't need to be roses. We all don't need to be daisies. We all don't need to be lilies. Just in those flowers I just named, they all are different. They have different smells and and different shapes and different colors. And even within one flower, you can have a flower that's all different colors. I personally like hibiscus flowers <laughs> or, or calla lilies as well I love. You know, so there's no reason for you to try to be like another person or take a an, a poo-poo, a shit on another woman, or there's no reason to hate on anybody else because you're your own radiant flower. And the other point that I want to share, and that kind of plugs my last week's last week's episode of Fruit and Flowers. I really get into a lot of that and embracing your individuality and your uniqueness as a woman. But um, I wanted to bring that up because Crystal, for many people, they felt like, oh, my God, like I said, people were shocked by her passing. And what people don't know is sometimes when you are a woman that people feel like, wow, like she has the world or she's beautiful or you know, she doesn't have any lack of suitors or whatever. Like, people project all kinds of stuff on you, but they have no idea what emotional things you're carrying. Or, uh, yeah, people have no idea the mental struggles and battles that you have. And it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you mentally. It just means that we live in a real world <laughs> where... Just because you're beautiful doesn't mean that people treat you kind. Just because it looks like you have money or wealth or prestige doesn't mean that people do right by you. People are, can be evil. People can be ugly. People can be hateful and spiteful for no reason. Like, for no reason. Imagine if a woman like Crystal just wanted to be loved. And let's say like for Beyonce, for example, a lot of people look at Beyonce and say, wow, she's beautiful. She has it all. But she married a man who stepped out on her and who knows what was happening before they got married. And she chose to stay with that man. God bless her. And I I really mean that. And I really mean that I hope uh, and and pray that they are having a blissful, fruitful marriage where they really enjoy each other. And shout out to her for being able to have the capacity to show great forgiveness, which most human beings would have thrown him and thrown their relationship and their marriage out of the window because of that. And that just gives a testament to her heart and her capacity to be able to forgive and to re-see again her husband, to have a refreshed perspective on the man that she loves and the man that she brought children into the world with. And also knowing that she's not perfect either. She may not have stepped out on someone sexually, but I'm sure she's, you know, we're all human. None of us are perfect. So shout out to her for being able to find the redemption and find the forgiveness and re-see him again to the point that she could re-see the love and that the love outweighed the infidelity. But imagine other women <laughs> who struggle to find that forgiveness or get caught up on why someone's treating them ugly or why this door that they really want to open in their life is not opening. Like, 
we all can relate to that. We all can experience that. So even though that's why depression is such a tricky thing, because even though on the outside, people can be looking at your life like, wow, if I just had your life and your opportunities, and if I just looked like you, you could be the person walking around feeling so empty on the inside. That's real. And Crystal, every time I think about her and her life, it reminds me of that. Or I think about women, you know, Halle Berry and just different people that in our culture, uh, specifically African-American culture, that people have placed on a pedestal. And some of their stories of what they've been through. And it's just, it kind of like shocks you like, what? Why would anybody put this type of woman through that kind of hell? But it just goes to show you that like, Everything isn't as it seems. And you have no idea sometimes what people are going through emotionally. And so adding two cents of, you know, why someone's not better than you or little comments sometimes that I hear people make like, yeah, you're beautiful, but don't let it go to your head. You know, it's just stuff like that's unnecessary because you don't, you might be projecting onto that woman or onto that man something that, is so far from the truth of what they deal with every day. And I can only imagine, Crystal, how many people maybe didn't check on her because they felt like she was fine. Or, you know, just whatever. And just be more compassionate is the point. I, I don't know why I'm on that wave right now, but um, perhaps it needed to be said. It's to show more compassion with people. And it does sort of get into what I wanted to talk about today. And I know that we've been doing a PUSSY series, and so I'm probably going to take a pause on that today to get into this. So if you're looking for that, you'll have to await the next episode. But I wanted to share with you and encourage you to be good. Practice having a pure heart. To love people. Love people that sometimes, yeah, by cultural standards, don't even deserve to be loved by you. What's frightening and pretty scary to me in modern culture is that we really, we hide from being good people until another person shows us that they're going to be good to us first. A lot of people are terrified or completely resistant to be kind Yeah. Some people in today's culture don't even know how to be kind to people who are being kind to them. There are a lot of people in today's culture that are mean and ugly and nasty in how they treat people, how they deal with people, how they talk about people. Like just not showing up in a joyful way and a pure-hearted way with others. And I think as someone who now identifies herself as a kingdom citizen, and you'll have to go back a couple episodes to understand what I mean by that, I'm constantly being refined. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Trust me. Just a couple months ago, I cussed somebody out, stink. Not really, but I did drop the F-bomb several times. And I was 
mad at myself for doing that. And I was mad at myself for going there because I didn't want to have that type of emotional outburst. But I did. And it didn't matter that I apologized. It didn't matter. Um, It didn't matter. I was thrown away. And God had put it on my heart to do something for that person that after I was ugly, they got ugly. That I felt like it was like, you got ugly, I'll get uglier. <laughs> and it was so hurtful. And I kind of, I was confused for a while, like, dang, I apologize. Like, I'm genuinely sorry. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to take back what I said. I, you know, like, once I said it, I released it. And that's what it is. Like, I don't know how to take that back now. And that's going to get into something that I'm going to share briefly. And so I felt moved to do something kind, to do a kind gesture for that person. And the reason why I knew that that was something I needed to do was because this is queen talk, okay? So if you can hear this, hear this. Someone suggested to me that I purchase the person a gift. And as they said it, they said to me, well, if it doesn't, like, be the bigger person and just do it. If you care about the person and you love them and you just want to do something kind, like, just be the bigger person and just do it. Like, don't choose to be immature and petty and childish. Just rise above it. And they said it's so easy. And when they said it to me, my whole body was, like, tight and restricted. And, like, literally, I think my hand was in a, like, my hand was balled up in a fist. That's how resistant I was just hearing them say it to me. And because I am able to stop, read my body in the moment, I immediately was able to identify I have resistance here. Why do I have resistance here? Probably because it's an area I need to lean into so that this doesn't become bitterness, so that I can be free. This is the, uh, this is the thing about the world's culture versus kingdom culture. United States of America, Europe, if you're living in Nigeria or you're living in Barbados or you're living in Trinidad and you're listening to this, or you're living in Brazil or Panama or in Tokyo, I don't know, love. <laughs> Wherever you are, most people do not have a culture of being kind to people that are mean and nasty to you. It doesn't even feel right. It feels like, no, you were stank, so I'm going to be stank. That's what we feel like is just. That's the human reasoning of justice. But the kingdom reasoning of right living and kindness and freedom, the kingdom way of thinking that really brings life and brings freedom is to forgive. If someone offends you, you forgive them 70 times, seven times. And in that's why I said it's kind of scary, our modern culture, because all on social media, you know, is like, (laughs) if you hurt me, like, I'm going to get you back worse. Or I won't even have to get you back. Karma's going to get you back worse. 
or just all of the things and like cut people off from your life and don't deal with people and you don't have to put up with that sis and you know like you know I can get petty and we celebrate that and we promote that but that is in fact counter kingdom culture period and anything that is counter kingdom culture brings bondage you're not free just because in the marketplace we celebrate it and we regurgitate it and we share with people over and over and over again like yes yeah, that's the way you're supposed to do it to the point that men now are like ooh, it's kind of gross like how petty I feel like a lot of men are it doesn't bring freedom it brings bondage Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness, and that sounds super cliche, but forgiveness is to bring your soul and your heart freedom. And I was reading something today in the sacred text, and it said that God's laws are liberty. Literally, it's in James chapter 1 and James chapter 2. And throughout those two chapters, it literally states multiple times the law of liberty. It describes the king's law as the law of liberty. And so I had to look up the definition of liberty so I can really see, like, what is that about? <laughs> and the definition of liberty was, oh, I wish I had it in front of me. But the definition of liberty was to basically live in freedom from another system's oppression. So I'm going to try to like look it up real quick here. Give me a second, y'all. Give me a second. Liberty means, here we go. The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority. So, to live in the law of liberty, which is the king of kings law. And let me break that down briefly. You may not agree, but the invisible kingdom, God's kingdom, is the one kingdom that has always remained. It is not like Rome. It is not like Egypt. It is not like the British Empire. It is not like the kingdoms of Persia. It is not like the dynasties in China, all of those kingdoms have passed away. Some of them are even buried. Greece, they're still digging up the remains of great kingdoms. Uh, France and Versailles, you know, we can go to these places where the kingdoms were in power not that long ago, and we can see how majestic their castles are. We can learn about their history. And some of the kingdoms are so old that they're up under the dirt. Like we walk on top of them. Some cities are built on top of ancient ruins of old cities. You know, and some cities in, the, in uh, northern Africa and the Middle East are up under sand. And so the invisible kingdom, the king of kings, that kingdom has been in power since the beginning of all that is, and it is still in power today. And that kingdom is incorruptible and it's invisible. You don't see it. But everything that was made in the physical was originally an invisible concept. 
if you think about your cell phone, the cell phone was an idea in someone's head. That's an invisible concept. They took something from the metaphysical and brought it into the physical world, the physical reality. And so we may not think like this, but the reality is the invisible world is real and the invisible world in actuality is often 100% of the time more real than the physical world. But somehow we confuse it Mm -hmm. and we end up making what we see in front of us the most important thing. And that's not true. That's counter kingdom culture. And that's why sometimes people have such a hard time with faith. And I have an episode called Faith Decoded because faith is invisible, but faith is the currency. Like we have dollar bills in the United States in the UK they have pounds you have your Scottish notes and then in England you have the Queen's notes and then if you're in Mexico you have pesos right okay all these different kingdoms of the earth have their own currency Caesar in Italy and Rome back in the day there was money with Caesar's face on it right but the king's currency is faith and we oftentimes struggle with that because we don't see it But literally, the sacred text says faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you're hoping for something to manifest in the physical, but the evidence is that you don't see it. That's the currency of the kingdom. And we get distracted and we we don't always understand these concepts because we're dealing with an invisible, incorruptible, very real kingdom. (laughs) And it kind of makes your brain go, woo, but that's what we're dealing with here. And this is why here on this Charm School podcast, I cannot separate feminine energy, sensuality, or spirituality. I cannot. Those three things are all invisible concepts, but they are very real. And they impact your life every day. And I'm learning in this journey of life to come out of the world's way of placing more value on what I see in front of me, the world's reasoning of feminine energy is femininity, which is the actions of being feminine. No, it's not. A feminine energy is something that rests in your beingness. It's something that you are gifted when you come here to the earth. Like women who are born uh, female at birth have all of the eggs inside of them for reproduction the moment they come into this earth. There is no like new eggs that are implanted or something like that or like created. All of the possibilities of having children are in you from the day the doctor slaps your butt (laughs) and you yell, you know, let out a cry. They're all in you. It's already in you. You're so powerful. You're so majestic. You're so like, not only is it a miracle that you're even breathing because like for the sperm to reach the egg the egg calls the sperm forth or whatever happens I don't know I'm not a doctor but there's like new studies out now that the egg actually puts out some type of magnetic something that draws the sperm up and then the sperm is also swimming to find the egg to fertilize it and then sometimes a sperm can find an egg but it still has to penetrate the layers to actually impregnate you like you're such a miracle And I've been a person who's faced suicidal thoughts before. And I actually once upon a time had a suicide attempt. So when I share Crystal's story, um, it's not something that is 
distant (laughs) from me. I, at one point, wanted to end my life. But I had to realize that I was looking at my lived experience on earth through a very poor lens. And I had to re-look at my life. And I had to get a new perspective. I had to listen to something like this so I can get a new perspective about how to see the world, how to engage, how to think differently, how to be different. I had to turn to the holy text. And I had to read, what does the king that's invisible, that has all power, all glory, all honor in its kingdom that no evil thing could ever penetrate? Like, I had to connect to that and see, like, what do you say about me? How am I doing this thing wrong? What's the perspective that I need to have? Because it ain't working for me. And if you're honest, being petty and, you know, getting shit-faced and wasted and waking up with a hangover, like, the hangover hangover is not enjoyable. Drowning yourself in drugs and escapism is not enjoyable. The waking up from it. Now, at the time, it might feel bliss. It might feel wonderful at the time when you're engaging in it. But the coming down, the reacclimating yourself to normalcy and being at normal balance, chemical balance in your body is not enjoyable It's not. And I'm not even saying I'm somebody who's like opposed to drinking or anything like that. I'm just saying that sometimes we're looking for answers in the wrong places. That is exactly what I'm saying. And we're looking for fulfillment in the wrong places. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know deep down it's not working. It's not working. And I also want to be clear, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about shouting on Sunday and that's going to fix all your problems. I'm not saying that either because it doesn't fix all your problems. I want to go on the record saying that. But I'm on this journey of understanding what does the invisible, incorruptible, all-powerful, all-wealthy kingdom have to say to me? And the more that I study and the more that I take the time to learn, the more that I see like, wow, we're so distracted as a culture and as a people. And it's easy for even people going to church every Sunday to be just as petty. You know what I mean? Like just as infected by the culture. And it takes guts to be the type of person that loves people who are evil to you. It takes guts to slow down your words, to not, and it takes practice (laughs) to slow down your words and not cuss somebody out because I was upset and I just need to get it out. It takes practice. I can't tell you how many, I have people in my own family who love God. Oh, they love Jesus. Woo. And there's nothing wrong with that, but let them get hot. No filter on their mouth. None. And they feel like they can come back later and be like, I'm sorry. And unfortunately, I grew up in that culture. So guess who knows how to do the exact same thing? I do. (laughs) And while I've gotten a lot better than I used to be at 16, there's still work to do. And so this is what I read today in the sacred text. This is in James 3. And I'm going to start. I'm reading out of the message version. And this is starting at verse 3. So James 3, verse 3. 
A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder and a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Verse 5 and 6. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Verses 7 through 10. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you cannot tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. Verse 10 through 12. My friends, this cannot go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and then spews out something toxic the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? And raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? And then I'm going to drop down to verses 17 and 18. Real wisdom, the king's wisdom, begins with a holy life that is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with the king and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other treating each other with dignity and honor. Wow. (laughs) That came from my quiet time this morning of reading the sacred texts that are the laws of liberty, as I explained earlier. The laws of liberty. That means the laws of being free within society. What society am I trying to be free from? I want to be free from the human way of doing things. The doggy dog world, the eye for an eye, the backstabbing culture. You got to get it while the getting is good. I want to be free from that society, from the oppressive restrictions imposed by authority. What authority? The authorities of this world that are not trying to submit to, live right, be holy live in alignment with the laws of liberty. They are oppressive. I think about the caste system. I recently learned about the definition of caste, which is awesome. That just, that film, I saw the movie Origin and it blew my mind. Now I'm trying to read the book. I want to be free from caste systems. I want to be free from racial inequalities. I want to be free from the invisible laws of our culture that are very real Like Jim Crow was real. And before Jim Crow, there were invisible laws that African-Americans in the United States experienced, like 
getting off the sidewalk, not looking at a white woman, putting your eyes down. You don't look at a white person in the face. You say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Like These were real cultural things that oppressed people to make people less than another group of people on the earth that are human beings just like them that walk, walk, drink, poop, boo-boo, like drink water, piss the same way as the other human being, but they were made to feel inferior or less than. And so my promise is that if I get in alignment with the king's laws, those laws are laws of liberty. They're laws of liberty, which means they are meant to bring me freedom from those oppressive natures, oppressive authorities. I'm down for that. I want to be free. Okay. So as I'm reading the sacred laws and reading the sacred texts, today I learned how important it is to get along with people, how important it is to treat each other with dignity and honor, how, how important it is to watch the words that come out of your mouth. So people who say, like, I just say, I just tell it like it is. I just shoot it straight and, you know, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Oh, there's a better way. People don't like me. I've had people literally tell me, you know, so-and-so, you know, people feel like I'm an asshole. That's not something to be proud of. That's ugly. That's systems of the world. That's dark. That's oppressive. And if you spew it out, guess what? The laws of this kingdom that reign on the just and the unjust, it circles right back to you. And people wonder why their life is the way that it is. You don't get away with anything in this life. You reap everything that you sow. If you sow seeds of wickedness, you will get them back. But we mentally justify ourselves that it's right behavior. And then the person who you've offended, if they're not trying to get in these sacred texts either, and they just rely on social media to teach them and grow them up, they feel like, oh, you being petty, I'll be pettier. I know I've been there. You want to know how that manifests? That manifests in you dating a guy who steps out on you, and then you say, mm, two could play that game, and you go step out on him. It's ugly, sis, and it's messy. Clean it up. And I only say that to you as I say it to myself. I've been her before. And I felt justified because culture justified me. Well, he did it first, so so what? But all of that is outside of the laws that bring liberty. Moving in that way is further bondage. Moving in that way is further shackling yourself and chaining yourself. Come on and step into freedom with me. I implore you to step into freedom with me. It feels good over here. When people do things that are evil and ugly, it rolls off your back. Sometimes I'm shocked at myself. Like, how do I deal with these people? Like, I can see that they're ugly. Like, their character is like, ugh. But then at the same time, like, it don't even bother me no more. And I'm able to have a greater capacity to love people. And the fact that I'm even able to do that is evidence that my heart is being changed. There's a scripture that says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That's in Psalms. I don't know exactly where, so you'll have to Google that. Sorry for those of you who are like, give me the verse and the number. Google it, you'll find it. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I can see that my heart is being renewed. I can see that a right spirit is being created in me. I can see that my life is going forward in peace. 
I can see that the more I focus on maintaining the laws of liberty, the more everything else in my life falls into place. I don't have to pursue things anymore. Things are pursuing me. And I just want to encourage you, for those of you who have decided to embrace the laws of liberty, for those of, the, for those of you who have decided to slow down the reactionary, to love people, even though it's hard sometimes, to continue to die to the toxic world culture that's not working. Props to you. I'm happy for you. It doesn't mean you have to be poor. It doesn't mean that you can't live an amazing life. It doesn't mean that you can't have fun in this life. It doesn't mean that you can't drink. It doesn't mean you can't back that thing up, drop it low, pick it back up. It doesn't mean any of that. You can do all of that in this and still maintain the laws of liberty. Caring for the widows, caring for the poor, feeding people who are hungry, not just being good to people who are good to you. Going into your job if you have people that work under you and being compassionate and kind with those people. And sometimes, yeah, they may try to take advantage of you, but it's not your job to try to get them back or correct them. You know, it's your job to maintain the laws of liberty. That's that's your only job. <laughs> your only job is to be salt in the earth. Your only job is to be the light in a world of darkness. And we need you. I need you. I can't be everywhere all over the world. The king of kings needs people all over this globe who are willing to show their light in just being someone who obtains and upholds the laws of liberty. That alone is going to mark you as different. That alone is going to separate you from the crowd because you know how to love. You know how to forgive. You know how to let things go and still love a person. You know how to pack a sandwich and go give it to someone that's hungry. You know how to buy a coat, you know, yes, a coat with a tag on it and give it to someone that's cold and shivering. You on your job aren't treating people like doggy dog eye for an eye. You have a different level of integrity. You answer to a different authority. And as a result, people may even hate you for that. But don't worry. God's got them. You just keep doing you. So I want to encourage you, queens. I want to encourage you, charmers. Continue to be excellent in all that you do. Continue to be excellent queens who are engaged in their feminine energy, their spirituality, and their sensuality. Use your senses. Use your quiet time with God. Use your feminine flair, your, the essence of who you are, to be a game changer. You're, you are changing the world just by saying yes to the laws of liberty. I love you, Charmers. I know this episode blessed you. And for those of you who fell asleep because my voice was so melodic and just, oh, you felt so much peace coming out, so much virtue of peace coming out, play this episode again, would you? Because there are some powerful insights that are in your subconscious mind, but I need your conscious mind to hear them as well. I love you, Charmers. You know that I do from the bottom of my heart, from my juicy, juicy, juicy place, from the center of my being. I wish you well, and I thank you for shining your light.